<laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Do you think it makes me happy to do this? Yes! No, it doesn't. <laughs> and a week goes by without you find yourself in some kind of trouble. Now, if you're doing this for attention, you have all that I can afford to give you. And you're wasting my time. This is Film Sack. Oh, sure. Hello, and welcome to Film Sack, episode four hundred and seventy one. I'm Scott Johnson, and we are mining the very depths of film entertainment for all mankind. Joining me today, Brian, he's not my man, Dunaway. But he is my man. <laughs> oh, hi. Hi. 911, what is the nature of your emergency? Uh-huh. Right. Okay, sir, you do realize that sounds a bit racist. <laughs> what does Jewish humor guy and Bruce Lee type even mean? <laughs> right, right, right. So what is your emergency? All right, you was walking your dog on the street outside of the Jewish humor guy's house, and you were nearly ran over by a Bruce Lee type guy uh, when the bushes in a parked car split open, and the duo suddenly came flying out in their death machine of a car, barely missing you and your dog. Oh my, that does sound terrifying. Did you confront them? You did. What happened? The Bruce Lee type one inch punched your dog when it barked at him, and the Jewish humor guy dry humped your unconscious dog's body before running away screaming, "Green horny!" Okay, wow. <laughs> Hold on one second, I will patch you through to McGriff the Crime Canine, and he will come out with his giant cartoon dog head and flasher-type trench coat and resolve this cartoon-type problem you're having. <laughs> Click! Take a bite out of crime! <laughs> oh, man. Definitely want to talk about that that escape uh, path. Yeah. With split I want to talk about every bit of it. Yeah. yeah. The split car is my favorite thing in the whole movie. Uh, also with us, Randy, his gun has two barrels. Jordan. Aloha, Scott. Brian. Brian. And good morning, everyone. What a fine crowd. Thank you for coming so early to the South Hollywood Best Western Limited today. You're all leaving with copies of my new book, Amateur Crime Fighting for Dummies. While this is not an officially licensed for dummies book yet... My partner and I think it will soon be, uh, actually, my partner disagrees with me and would like for me to state clearly that he ghost wrote the book. <laughs> what does that even mean? Am I right? Ghost wrote. A ghost can't write. Anyway, with this book, you're going to learn my, <clears throat> sorry, our three rules for amateur crime fighters. Number one, have a lot of money. I mean, mm -hmm. a lot. You should not try this if you have less than a couple million monies. You, you probably need more than a couple million. I don't know, actually. Number two, apparently, once you defeat the police one time, you never have to worry about them again. You can drive around in an incredibly noticeable car and no police whatsoever. Sweet. <laughs> Number three. You do not need to have innate fighting skills or learned fighting skills, or you do not need to learn fighting skills. 
you don't have to learn anything, actually. I'm 21 years old, and I still don't know how to drive. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, well done. Also with us, Brian Fartgas Gun Ibbett. Oh. Fartgas. Fartgas. Okay, Mr. Rogan, uh, we want to thank you for coming in on a Saturday to re-record your dialogue. You know the scenes where the boom mic didn't pick things up, or there was too much action, or... <laughs> oh, you're already familiar with ADR? You've done 20 movies prior to Green Hornet? Wow. Okay. What's that? Uh, okay. No, uh, <laughs> I lost my place in my script. What's that? Because <laughs> I was because I was freaking acting and acting like I was looking around in the studio and I lost my nice. place. Uh, it'll happen. Right, let's, try that, let's try that again. Right. What's that? Uh, no, James Franco only had the one scene and he came in and re-recorded earlier, so we sent him home. So if you're ready, we'll begin. Okay, in this first scene, you and Cato are being chased by Christoph Waltz. There's a lot of gunfire around you. You're scared. You're confused. Just give me some general dialogue. Things you'd say, and we'll clip out what we need. <laughs> great, great. Oh, good energy. Okay, good job. In this next scene, you and Cato are fighting a group of drug-dealing thugs in an alley. You're scared. You're confused. Just give me some more general dialogue. Same energy. Excellent. Okay. All right. Now it's a quiet scene with you and Cameron Diaz. You're attracted to her, but you're scared. You're confused. Just some general dialogue that we can play while she's talking. Mm -hmm. Okay. Same energy. Okay. You don't want to tone it down at all. Maybe do that again. No. Uh, okay. Uh, what's that? A break? Uh, well, it's about 420, but we've only been at this for about three. Oh, there's James Franco. Yeah. You got your cameo and your weed reference. Nice. Yeah. So you were about to say something, Randy? I was in, I was on a roll. I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop. It was great. I I uh I just can't get over how when we first started doing Film Sack, we we would talk about angry acting. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And now it's just like that's just that's that's like a baseline trope. It's it's yeah. baked into what we what we observe. Yeah, everyone you know? should just baked. assume it's in there and like oh yeah, baked. Nice. Everyone should just assume it's in there, and and then maybe once in a while it'll be so good for audio, I may play a clip. But just assume there's angry acting because all these movies contain it. That's the truth, yeah, right? Yeah, it, it's all Yelling. in there. Yeah, it's like I, a, I do. It's like a I do want to. I almost want to credit Seth Rogen for having the ability to once in a movie stop angry acting for for a scene, mm, right? Mm. Like that's supposed to show character development or mm, some mm. sort of like realization. Reflection. Yeah. Right. And like he doesn't do it well, but he tries. Mm, he does his <laughs> yeah. best. He does his best. No, I mean it's, it's, he has one. He has one level. Oh, what's this? Oh, you know, this coffee machine. Oh, it's brilliant. Okay, thanks. <laughs> he never actually did the laugh in this thing, which bummed me out a little bit. I was hoping for yeah, a little, a little bit. bit. Yeah, I was, I was waiting for it. And I was like, oh man, that's one one audio clip we're just not going to get. Yeah, he creeped well, up I gotta to the give, edge. I got to give at least uh, credit to 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 him to. Uh, I mean, he's kind of. He's kind of like almost like an Adam Sandler kind of guy. Yeah. I mean, he's mm -hmm. got his fans yep. and he does what he does and is always successful in that group. Usually, yeah. I, I prefer him in the writer producer role because I think he's done some yeah, pretty yeah. good work there. Um, like I think Preacher is is uh like legit oh, good, yeah. and that's this team of of him and his buddy, was it uh, something Goldberg? What's his last what's his name? Evan Goldberg. Evan Goldberg. Um that's them doing production, you know, they're show running that thing and and it's been successful all season 2, I guess wasn't as good as 1 or 3, but uh my point is like I, they it feels like they're a force to be reckoned with, you know, like they can make content and people go see it, but then when he's in it, it's this it's just the same dude. 
and it's okay. Mm-hmm. Like it's fine mm-hmm. to be right. that same dude, but he had more. I actually think he had more range in Freaks and Geeks than he does in his movies. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I I think maybe it's is he is a big presence. I mean, when he's on screen, he I guess his character requires that all attention be on him, and that's part of the stick. Yeah. And well, so, and I think it's also that when you hire Seth Rogen to be in your movie, you want that Seth Rogen. Yeah. Who hires Seth, Seth want... Rogen to be in their movie? <laughs> James Frank. James Franco. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh. I thought it was just, yeah, a, I thought almost... it was just a, a solid. I was just like, hey, dude, you need to do me a solid. And it's uh, like, yeah, solid. They swap. <laughs> they, they swap Money. each other out. If they're not working together, they're putting each other in their in their projects, and it's kind of right. right. I mean, it's 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 funny to see, but it just reminds me of like, oh, I don't know. It's another example of this in Hollywood. Uh, you mean like uh, the. Friends, Chris, Christopher, friends, Christopher Guest, and all of the typical Christopher. Guest oh people, yeah, good point, good point. It's like kind of yeah. like that, but I'm trying to think of like a pair where it's, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. There you go, there you go. Oh, That's very good, good. Yeah, example. That'll work. I couldn't think of anybody. David else. Spade and Christopher. Oh. oh, why you make me sad? On could have been. Why you do that? Could have been. Could have been. Think about could've it. Been. They got started uh, in SNL and then did work together later. These two got started about, on Freaks and Geeks how, and did stuff later. How about a, a lot closer to this kind of style is Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson? There you go. Like. Yeah, or Vin, or Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn, or Owen Owen Wilson. <laughs> you know that everyone. that yeah. whole cluster is kind of like a pick yeah. pick any two, pick anyone from column A and pick anyone from yeah. column. Well, a. column A is Owen Wilson, and then column B is all his other names, and then you just mix awesome. up them together. <laughs> I really yeah. thought for a long time that we were going to get twenty movies out of Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. But I think Will Ferrell oh, just yeah. made enough money that he doesn't really care. Well, he just did a new Netflix thing. What's that? It's a, a Eurovision. Yeah, Eurovision. Movie. Yeah, which I'm kind of interested in seeing. Yeah, I kind of want to see how they pull that off if it's as ridiculous yeah. as it looks. But him and uh, what's her name, Rachel McAdams, I think. Yeah, and right. they're yeah. They... His thing with um, uh, Julie Louise Dreyfus, the um, the remake of the Swedish film oh, about yeah. the couple that's. Yeah. This kind of on the verge of divorce and they get trapped in a ski lot in a ski uh, village Mm -hmm. right uh is actually really really funny but dark and and a lot darker than you'd expect for a will ferrell thing i think it's why it reviewed poorly but we haven't actually even mentioned that today's movie is the green hornet let's mention that (laughs) oh yeah that's right the green hornet yeah Yeah. the 2011 the the (laughs) the 2011 green hornet if you hadn't figured it out by now that's it uh starring seth rogan jay chow and christoph votes Yes, yes, Randy. I just want to get some levels from all of you uh, on awareness of this. I Chick. Uh, like overall, like the overall franchise, which goes back a hundred years. Mm. I got nothing. Like Z, I come into I come into this movie. I never saw this movie, and I never read a, any of the books, and I never heard any of the radio stories or like I've got nothing. This I have is, like, I have some experience with the radio stories and some uh, experience with the with the um, Bruce TV. Lee. TV Bruce thing, yeah, yeah, a little bit, but not not a ton because this stuff's all it predates us by a heavy amount, and yeah, so it yeah, was all I, in happenstance. In fact, I think the most I really ever saw of it was probably a documentary about Bruce Lee combined with that movie about Bruce Lee that had Jason Scott Lee in it. Um, right, what was that dragon. called? Um, something Last the dragon. dragon. Last Dragon. That's Last it. Dragon. I had great music. Anyway, <laughs> that sounded like Jurassic Park. I'll stop now. But anyway, the point is uh, that I saw both of those things and they and they dipped pretty heavy into it. And it was like, oh, yeah, the Green Hornet, that's the thing. And so, but that's it. Like, it wasn't yeah, a part. I'm pretty much on the same level as Scott. Most of us, you know, it's like uh, doing a little bit of historical research on radio stuff and doing sure. some old stuff with Bruce Lee. That's, that's pretty much been my exposure as yeah. well. 
I don't have a lot I've of I've seen this film. I, I've, I've seen this film, of course. There's nothing I from saw, the yeah, I saw 80s. the movie as well. Yeah. Not familiar with the radio stuff and just loosely familiar with the, the history of it. But yeah. uh, so, right. so I grew up only only even considering Marvel at, to read. Like I, I absolutely did not look at anything other than Marvel books. Mm. And so I don't know what the other green thing is, the Green, um, green arrow, green, uh, green lantern, lantern. green lantern. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no idea. You mean the like, number one uh, other rec? You know what you want to watch? More like this, the Green Lantern. Why? Because he's a superhero on Green. Is yeah. that? Yeah, you like the is Green. That was, that, the, was that the first thing that got recommended to you? Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm just totally like I don't uh, like what I know of DC is the big big stuff right. and then i'm and then i'm below that like as a kid and i'm talking i'm talking about like up, up until i got old enough to walk to the comic shop and buy my own stuff oh, right? right like comic so shop. so i'm a little kid yeah. and all i'm given is marvel and it's because of my brother he's 10 years older than me he's handing down books he only reads marvel books i only see them and and so as a kid i just like I couldn't have uh, have gotten a lot of love for this stuff, and I wish I had. Yeah, I, w- I really, really wish I had because the Green Hornet, not this movie, but conceptually, is really interesting. Yeah, and it is and, and- actually. If you go back and look at some of that stuff, the comics or whatever, it's it, it is interesting. It's got a really cool premise. And real quick, just to stave off some emails, the uh, Bruce Lee thing is called Dragon: colon, The Bruce Lee Story, oh, not The Last Dragon. I'm sorry. I no, sorry. don't worry about it. I thought the same thing, and now. Now we're good. We won't we won't incur the wrath unless Perfect. those people start tweeting before they finish the show. Sometimes that happens. Which they will. Uh but anyway, yeah, like this is like a a cool noir pulpy kind of I don't know. It's not quite Batman, but it's similar because dude's rich and has all this money. The Cato character is kind of fascinating. Like there's a lot you could do with it. And that's what I wish this movie would have done. I wish the movie wouldn't have leaned so hard into the Comedy? Seth R- Roganisms of it. And instead, yeah. yeah, less comedy, more take it seriously. There are moments of taking it seriously, and in those moments, I was well, like, "Boy, this could have been a really different movie if they had just focused." Good, good news, Scott. Uh, the the uh, the sequel never happened to this film. Thank goodness. Yeah. Uh, but the the uh, reboot is slated. They're looking at it. So. Ooh. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. interesting. Reboot. Deadline.com reports Paramount Pictures and Chairman Entertainment have acquired the rights of the Green Hornet and started preliminary work on developing a reboot with. Gavin O'Connor. Ah, oh, Gavin O'Connor will be making a movie, don't you know? <laughs> uh, it says He's attached to produce. So they're going to have Sean O'Keefe writing and uh, Gavin directing. Let's see. Uh, January 2020, um, they gained the rights to Green Hornet. On April 16th, 2020, Hollywood Reporter announced that they have officially teamed with Universal Pictures for the reboot called Green Hornet and Cato. So there are way, way, way too many TV series about semi-heroic crime fighters the last 20 years like so many that i can't even begin to address them all they're just there's just a billion however i kind of want to see a tv series and i'm and i mean like a serious tv series like a like a a hbo series uh (laughs) made for green hornet because because again they're just all of these aspects of this character that are admittedly proto Batman. I, I I will grant that, but just interesting, really interesting. Yeah. Well, and and right the the overall mythology, which I can kind of glean from this. Uh, I don't know if in the original series, and maybe somebody who listened to the radio show or the original TV series can speak to this. But 
was Cato. I mean, basically, was was Cato the one that did everything uh, yes. in the old original series? Okay, so the Green Hornet really was just kind of this ineffectual, right. like, all right, he's um, a rich, he's a rich guy, right? He's yeah, he's, he's, just, al- he's the producer. He's, alt- he's altruistic. Yeah, he's altruistic. <laughs> he wants to. He wants good things to happen, but uh, he can't effectively do it without. Gotcha. You know, yeah, Cato's required, and to its credit, it feels like it was breaking ground at the time because what it was saying was. Well, all rich guys have a, a quote unquote man, you know, that's just doing right. work for yeah. him or whatever. And he's Asian. And so let's make this weird. But this is a case where the, even the comic, the comic acknowledged frequently is my memory. I've been a long time since I've picked one of these up, but pretty frequently was was, you know, he relied on Cato. And, and this movie did that, too. It just did it in such a goofy way. I mean, Cato's the right. hero of this thing. Freaking Seth Rogen's oh, useless. Of course. Of course, you know? well, and yeah. and I mean, you could just ha- be hammering down on the trope alert button right now because it's like rich guy <laughs> and the Asian thing, and the guy, you know, the Asian guy is really clever and inventive. Sorry, I was trying to figure uh, out. That. Yeah, right. Like, like all of the, there's so many tropes in the construction uh, uh, in the in the first act that gets you to the meat of the film, right? Yeah. And it, it's almost it's almost to a point where you're like shaking your head at this movie, going, "Really? They really they really didn't try to." come up with anything new or, or inter- interesting on those lines. Like it's just trope, 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 trope. Dad dies, trope, 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 you right, know? Right. And, but, right. but then like, once you actually get past all of that, I actually, I started thinking, I kind of want more of it. Yeah. I don't know why yeah. I, why, why do I want a, you know, like a TV series is what I'm saying. Why do, why? Like it's, it's so tropey, but I'd there's love a TV about- series. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be and great. Like you said, as long as it's done earnestly and, and not as a, a parody. Cause I feel like the film couldn't decide if it was parodying the whole Batman trope or mm-hmm. if it was, that, that's why I asked if it was true to the original story. If, if, Kato not entirely really do everything Cato okay. was awesome but it wasn't like they rogan or sorry rogan like plays a, him as a buffoon and he wasn't, wasn't like completely that. useless no no excuse excuse my ignorance and and you guys can correct me and anyone any listeners can correct correct me as well but i i thought that the centerpiece of this film uh was to explore seth rogan's uh jewish deprecation humor mostly involving uh, conflict between father and son was that not well kind and of then, I mean, and then and then like this journey this journey to become and understand his father yeah it's eventually. a it's a maturity journey which you could argue right. didn't really happen but yes that's what they're aiming I, for sort of. yeah and and i don't think we even really got a, a fully definitive answer on all right was his dad a dick or was his dad you know helpful or was it you know right. did it the, help get him in the right the direction they, did it hurt right him? the <laughs> fact that they restored his statue was was a gesture that made me assume that in the end his well, father yeah the, made some the idea based on what he had to do yeah the idea in the end was this is my takeaway you, correct me if you think it. i'm wrong the dad realized what he was doing was wrong Turned right. on the the district attorney, decided not to play ball, and then started collecting information to try to take everybody down. Got too close to the flame, so Hellboy slash Stranger Things guy killed him. <laughs> and then David Harper, yeah, David, David Harper, Harper yeah. and then Harbor rather, and then he, and then that's so. So this is like he he was trying to do to set the ship right. Rogan figures that out and goes, oh, well, I'm going to finish my dad's legacy here in the last 10 minutes of the movie and then put the head back on. I mean, that's basically it. Right. Sure. So sure. there was redemption, I guess. But again, it's just so bubbly and bumbly and 
Like all this stuff yeah. about them going after Cameron Diaz, who is just playing a piece of furniture in this movie. Like, what are she you even is. doing? No yeah. kidding. Yeah. Just, uh, just some sexually harassed furniture. Yeah, is what yeah. she is. That was her whole Very. job. Her whole job in this movie was just to be sexually harassed and, by him and Cato multiple times. Seth Rogen, does Seth Rogen character ever play not horny? I mean, it seems like it's always <laughs> horny no, he and, and stone. He and Evan Goldberg think that's really funny. Okay. Like they, they genuinely, they put that into everything they write. Like that there's this, that because the character is supposed to be unaware of how cringy they are. Right. Yeah. Right. And, right. and that's, and, and that I guess makes them laugh, but it like, especially the last nine years have really changed how you write that. And right. I mean, it's just, it was hard to look gets has nine years passed this fast. Yes. And a lot has happened. Yeah. And now like looking at this, just like shaking my head. Yeah, that stuff doesn't Please hold do. up. Does not hold up. And it and it bummed, it bummed me out because I just thought, oh, that's just too easy. Like what you're doing also, here is so freaking easy. Just like write more. Do better writing. Also, this is bad. Also, they had an opportunity because they established her as a brain, yeah, right? Yeah. She, and she had a yeah. big brain. And they had an opportunity to make her a third in the scheme rather than spring it on her in literally the last scene. Yeah. And I'm, like – that's too bad. Yeah. yeah, I'm assuming that was what was planned for the sequel because you have to. We've already established through this film that Cato is entirely competent, and so we'll, we'd have to have Cameron Diaz's character in part two. You know, find mm. her way. To, yeah, probably. To One thing I did like about oh, the movie geez. that I thought was consistent was they this idea that they wanted to be seen as a problem and never the heroes yeah, because heroes attract right. villains. So we want to. You know, we want to kind of sneak in when no one's watching sort of thing and him shooting him or fake shooting him at the end. And that's how they explain the bullet wound. He didn't want to take the bullet out of without a doctor's help or anesthetic. That stuff actually kind of worked for me. I kind of like the idea of your cover is don't go thinking they're heroes. They're they're bad, and then now we can move. I don't know. Weirdly, it gives them freedom. There's there, something about that. There concept. were a lot of bumbling, our bumblingness to uh, to an advantage. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. there were a lot of cool things like that. I spent the whole movie struggling with what's the superpower here? Why don't they Why don't they accidentally inhale some green gas? And now they're good <laughs> fighters. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like what's sure. what? And and in the end, I looked back on it and I'm like, oh. It was actually portraying Seth Rogen's character, at least, as learning how to fight. He gets a little better every time. Yeah. And then in the end, he starts visualizing what's around. Yeah. But he's doing exactly what Kato uh, has already been doing because Kato starts a, as a good fighter. And it's just like, uh, I kind of want the green gas that make, gives right. him power. I, I, mm. I can understand that. But I think that would be, I think this was really trying to harken back to the 30s because our superheroes at that point, including Batman, you didn't have uh mutated or mutations that that created superpowers we weren't right. there yet yeah we you were, were either like, from outer space or you were from here that was it right yeah so right. i mean yeah you just you just had a particular set of skills and you and you did your you did your things so. you're right or, you're, or something happened to you afterwards to, right. to give you those powers but not you weren't born with them or or anything. no they yeah they really re approached that stuff more like in the 50s and 60s when we started yeah. look, messing around with when we had a really good look at uh, nuclear power yeah and uh and how it affects uh human cells the and environment stuff, yeah. and then then we started applying that kind of those kind of things yeah yeah, yeah. In, the, in this particular case like kato's abilities were clearly super <laughs> a little supernatural like him being able to see yeah. all the weapons and color them red and know that they're locked in uh, on his little weird <laughs> sight radar and he can somehow move faster than all the slow motion people are moving. And, you know, he stood I mean, on that car hood. And God, so is, this, is this derivative love... of 
Is this derivative of of CSI where we kind of lock into things? Because they did this also with the Sherlock Holmes movie. A little movie bit. Yeah, with, right. A little yeah. bit. And so. I'd love that superpower, though, when I'm like looking for my keys or, or oh my God. a certain <laughs> right. cable. It's like, all right, the USB that's like USB-C on one end and oh, micro dude, when on you, the other. When you, turn, when you need one specific thing and you turn down the baking aisle of the grocery store. <laughs> right, yes. Oh, yeah. Zooms in and calculates. In. Beep, 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 beep. Yeah. I mean, he basically had a HUD. Which made him yeah. way more than yeah, just Kato like the Terminator. Maybe Mechanica. that's even further, either, even earlier. Terminator yeah. HUD. Yeah, it was a very Terminator HUD. So that's fine. It just it it, it straddle it, it very gets it gets close to this line of saying we're not these aren't superheroes in the supernatural sense. These are just regular dudes, and one's a really good you know martial artist. But mm-hmm. it really gets close to the line of. They've got powers in their brain, right? Like you just, yeah. if you're going to do it, I go all Seth in. I think Seth Rogen likes to play with that idea is, uh, is, is like LSD or, or some type of drug enhancement that, that enhances your mind, I think. Yeah. Well, right. Loves, but they didn't actually that. depict it. And I, they I, didn't. I actually started wondering, did this film edit out a little shot of them, uh, you know, of, of, uh, uh, you know, Seth Rogen discovering the secret right. get green gas and inhaling it. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> to finally get that power, right. like a, uh, yeah, this is, a, a training yeah, this is, superpower montage. Right. Yeah. This, is PG, this is PG 13. So they may have been trying to stay in that. So you might be right. They might've cut a scene to keep it from R because that kind of drug, uh, that kind of drug use might've triggered a rated R rating. They, is, they is, really did. They really did steer hard away from seeing the results of shooting people, which oh, yeah. I thought was very mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Like they, they kept they kept they kept to the almost the the PG side of PG thirteen. You know, like the first the first killings, Christoph Waltz shoots two or three a henchmen that are all sitting around uh uh what's his name? And uh <laughs> what's his name? James Franco. Yeah. Uh, no, I was trying to remember his name in in the movie. It's crystal clear. Yeah. And there you go, yeah, yes. yeah. Crystal Pepsi. Yeah. Yeah. And uh <laughs> you you see Christoph Waltz pull out this ridiculous gun and shoot it, and then you see bullet holes in the wall. The around. pairs, yeah, the pairs of bullet holes. <laughs> and it's like, oh right, this movie is not going to ever give you gratuitous violence. Not really. You know the, wor- I mean? the worst one was the death of um, uh, Terminator Two kid. Um, uh, oh yeah, Edward Furlong. Furlong. Oh, Furlong. Yeah. Edward yeah. Furlong. Yeah, when he died, at least had some blood on the wall from the two bullet holes. But other than that, yeah. you're right; they yeah. can get real. They didn't get real violent, but then got chili got smashed by a uh, tractor. Well, and that's the thing. The violence, the violence was all huge and implied like no, no gore. But it was like, oh, my gosh, the tractor has mashed that person or uh, Christoph Waltz got two leg uh, chairs from or or, sorry, table Uh, legs jammed in his eyes or jammed his eyes. Oh, God, I hate I. I hate eye gouging yeah. porn. Yeah, yeah. Eye, gore. eye gore, gross. Did you say eye gouging porn? Is that what eye gouging porn? It's like yeah. it's like a uh, hostile soft. Yeah. So, I do so, any, yeah. so hold on. So anything with Ron Jeremy in it, then that's eye gouging. Yeah, porn. pretty right. much. Okay, yeah, right, exactly. right. got it. Anyway, sorry. Done yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Ibit. I'm I'm okay with. I was okay with the spikes of the eyes. That's not too bad. I do hate watching uh, extended scenes of people. Like using their thumbs to dig yes. deep into somebody's that's, eyes. I, I, that that's and rough. It totally, I can't watch that. It it's got to stem from freaking Blade Runner when Roy Batty yeah, jams his fingers into uh, yeah Terrell's eyes. Oh, oh yeah, geez. when they do it in um, 
Uh, Game of Thrones, famously with the oh, the mountain. Yeah, and yeah. The, he's fighting uh, what's his name, the uh, viper, the, the viper, and uh, the mountain. Right? Yeah, which yep, basically, yep. if you think about it, he's really put, putting his eyes in the Mandalorian's face. But anyway, uh, <laughs> he uh, that that is still seared in my head. I just yeah. it's so yeah. rough, yeah. so rough, dude. That's rough. It's I, just it's the most vol- It feels like one of the most vulnerable parts of your body, and it's. Yeah. Uh, it's like, oh no, don't. That's a we we have an agreement. We never violate that part of each other's body, no matter how right, bad the fight right. is. Right. If you're gonna Daniel Craig me in the nuts for 20 minutes with uh, ble- totally. right, bleeding right. eye, Mads sure. Mickelson, that's fine because I know I'll recover from that. You gouge my eyes out, right. I'll never even see the nuts you've smashed. Like which right. the, the right. nuts you've smashed? Which <laughs> that's a book right there. I want to read. I mean the nut you smash. Comic comic movies though care like a comic movie if you make a sequel to this you just have him uh he's blind but he survived and right. then you have a villain who's blind but gains some kind of powers in some other way and you just carry on yeah like that's the that's the beauty of stuff like this i i like that i i just uh, like whew, it was hard to watch him take it in the face yeah so it bit. was a pretty like, cool homage to his gun or like a, a kind of a cool yes. reference to his gun with right, the, right. the two little splitty legs that shoot off i yes, thought the gun was pretty useless until you finally see like that those barrels can move yeah it actually no, made it worse like, for me. <laughs> you think so? The instant you see it, you know, oh, that's not a that's not an actual thing. That no, it's, work. it's not yeah. that's not a working thing. You it's it's almost impra- it's practically impossible to make such a thing work. Yeah. Uh the the gun was uh, uh plastic. It was made of plastic, right? Because you, you, oh. there was no uh, they needed to be able to do uh muzzle flashes, right? Yeah, yeah. And and also because they needed little tiny Kristoff vaults to be able to swing this thing around. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> right. I it, love it, him, actually, by the way. He makes everything better. As soon as he walks in the room, I go, All right, now we're got now we're going places. I really like that guy a lot. Well, I mean, how many of those do we have in this film? Christoph Waltz, Edward Edward James, Edward James almost <laughs> Edward James almost. James almost. Almost. make everything of me. <laughs> David Great. Harbour, Tom Wilkinson. I mean, we had a pretty good. Like there I mean, were a lot of Oscar winners. Yeah, yeah I would movie. watch. I would watch Tom Wilkinson eat a tub of like Miracle Whip. I love that guy so much. He's just great. <laughs> it's awful specific, but anyway, I will say this they about... need to see his Great. film. Uh... <laughs> yeah, you need to see Valkyrie. Yeah, Valkyrie. There you go. So, Christoph Chris, uh, Waltz, uh, Chinovsky, wherever it is, Chinovsky, uh, yeah. the character. I. I I both loved and after the movie realized that the character is so disconnected from this film. And I think it's because they don't face off a lot. And when they do is it's very briefly because I had completely forgotten the character from the green Hornet from previously watching it. And even when I was making my intro and notes afterwards, I was still disconnecting all of his scenes from the movie. It's like, I, I think it, you know he's he does this amazing job, but for some reason it's just not memorable in this context he, of this film. What mm, what is that? It's because they didn't they didn't let the character have a a, a a time to like develop and and state his motivations and so on. So. He's like like he literally sits quietly and meekly looks around while James Franco is abusing him. He like when you he does his his greatest thing that this character does in the movie is spring this trap where Green Hornet uh, gets gets kicked into a pit in the car. Yeah, in the it's car, amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Christoph Waltz has no lines. That entire scene. You know, like he's he looks like a dummy driving a, a freaking cement truck. <laughs> you know what would have been yeah. you know what who would have been better? Nicholas Cage. Oh yeah. 
It would have been better for that part. Yeah. And what a story this movie's production has that goes for like 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. Nicolas Cage was almost him, according to the trivia. So that's uh, what he's referring to. Um, Here's what it says about that, though. Uh, This is weird. Let's see if I can find it. Here it is. Nicolas Cage was initially cast as Chinovsky, but dropped out. So he was in. He intended to play the role with a Jamaican accent. And Michelle Gondry, <laughs> Michelle Gondry was dismayed and would not allow it. And by the way, this is the Michelle Gondry that made like Spotless Mind Eternal and all these Sunshine of Spotless Mind and like right. five of my favorite music videos of all time. Yeah, like, he, this is such a disappointment because I, I he's the only time you ever see anything that's at all Gondry like is in the initial fight scene when you're seeing like the multiple cars stretching out as Cato's running across them and the. Uh, you yeah. know the other stuff that kind of goes along with the visual yep. the visual yeah, things yeah. that uh, Cato has yeah uh, you're right but, it's very it's very not a movie for him I don't, I don't know no. how he got roped into it or what the deal is but I just I, I can't even begin to like we could spend the entire episode just talking about the 20 years of different people trying to make this movie it's like they had George Clooney in the in the title role in, in, in 92 uh, he dropped out they put Greg Kinnear in there he was going to be Green Hornet at some point in the 90s they had Jason Scott Lee signed on to be Cato oh. it just goes on and on and on like seriously there are, were a hundred different people involved in this film at one point or another and the, like it's like so like who cares like who, I don't even care anymore like seriously like <laughs> <laughs> when you when you just look at it, it, it could have been anybody. When you read seriously, anyone Schwarzenegger could have been in this movie. Who yeah. cares? Well, if he would have been in it, then we would have had Mr. To, Freeze. We would have had to yeah. do this. Scrutiny. We'd have to have some scrutiny. <laughs> but Van Williams, who played the character title character of Green Hornet in '66, this is like the most famous adaptation of the TV thing, mm-hmm. uh, was supposed to do a cameo and he refused says i'm not interested f f off says van williams i wonder if that was before or after they said seth rogan was attached i'm just curious oh i don't know i mean i don't know i don't hate i'm i don't have a, i don't hate seth rogan i don't right. always love well, everything he's doing but but i can't imagine van williams who let's see he was born in 34 so what does that make him he's like old there's no way he, he makes even, him old. You think he even knows who, who Seth Rogen is? <laughs> Seth Rogen and that's is. a good question. I mean, it's, it's funny, but maybe he just didn't want to do it. Maybe he just wasn't interested. Maybe there's no... I, I think we always want to find some kind of interesting anger. I loved him in reason. that film about the Kim Jong-un. <laughs> that was good stuff. Oh, I think... Oh, no, sorry. Give me your, give just me your a quick favorite note. Seth Rogen. He, he I want to hear your favorite Seth Rogen. Hold on. He died in 2016 uh, at age 82. Oh. And uh, but did do a cameo as the director of Green Hornet in the 1993 film Dragon: The Bruce Lee Story. Okay, yeah, sorry, your your favorite. You say our favorite. Yeah, I Seth want to hear Rogen. about your favorite Seth Rogen, and not not a movie where he is uh, small time. So like not like Super Bad or Donnie Darko right. or something, but like where he's a star. Give me your give me your Seth Rogen. Oh jeez, knocked up probably would be it. I'm just looking. I'm looking just through the one. list of like just what else I that that I've seen that I like. Knocked up legitimately shocked me. I remember being shocked because they showed what looked like a fake vagina. Do you guys remember this? Mm-hmm. Like, so when she's giving yeah, birth, yeah. it starts crowning and mm-hmm. there's like a full on like vagina yeah. thing, but it was clearly mm-hmm. like a prosthetic. There was no way that was real. Uh, and I just, it just stayed with me. 
<laughs> like this, this like is a, yeah. I couldn't get it out of my head for years. I still can't. It's still weird to me. Are you saying this, that they didn't impregnate Katherine Heigl just for that role, just for that shot? I'm saying that there was it was definitely not her vagina, one way or the other. It wasn't it wasn't a human vagina. No, it, wasn't a human it, was, vagina. it looked like a rubber balloon thing with a slit in it. I mean that's that's all sounds horrible, nice. but I, it looked really bad. <laughs> and I remember just thinking, so Ooh, is, okay, I'm not watching this again. Done away. This is pro- this is probably how I feel about Seth Rogan. I he's not necessarily my cup of tea, so I don't usually seek out the films, but I do respect his uh, ability to create comedy. And so is it, I, I find that pleasant. And I can't say that any of my any of his movies are my favorite. I mean, they all just kind of feel oh, just exist. They kind of all feel the same to me. I well, like I said, thanks, once for, your, get, thanks for your commitment. Uh, no, no disrespect to Seth Rogen. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I, seen, I think like, he is he's a great talent and and humor is subjective right and so how sure. how was i never saw pineapple express how's that so that's that's going to be my favorite of his movies okay. and uh it's because there it, i i don't know if i could if i could love it as much now if i was seeing it for the first time because there was so many unexpected moments in it and that was like 12 years ago you know yeah. Right. So I don't know yeah. anymore. Like, what? What if? What if all of these movies that have come since have done a lot of the same stuff, and now I'm just going to see it as feeling kind of derivative. Yeah. But at the time, that movie was so funny, and it's consistently funny. Like it keeps it keeps trying new things throughout the whole movie, and it has a fight scene uh, uh, near the end that is just like nothing I'd ever seen at the time. Now it's, it's it, by the way, it's Seth Rogen fighting it, Gary Cole. So is it, just, is it a, is it a friend fight? No. And that's another thing. Another thing I want to talk about here, mm. but a friend fight in this movie. Yeah. But like, that's so, it's so tropey and like, and oh, I don't Gary Cole, like, uh, I mean, yeah, you're going to need to give me that. Stapler. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that guy. The okay. dad in the Brady Bunch movie, uh, Lynn yeah. Lundberg, Lundberg from he's, uh, office. Yeah. He's amazing. Yeah. Love this guy. He is. Yeah. And, and, I think you should watch Pineapple Express if you if you have any tendency at all for these kind of stoner comedies because it's like I say it's it's original and that's the thing like now I look at everything I'm like uh but it's not that different from Superbad is it but uh, again it's it's in its time for me uh, just like the best the best thing he did and of course like now that I think of it, I, I want to watch other Seth Rogen movies like Fifty Fifty I've never seen. 50, oh, I never 50. saw that. Yeah, I heard oh. that was good. It was nice. Yeah, that's, well made. It was it was a good sweet uh I did see that one. It was a good sweet film and uh, Joseph uh, Gordon Levitt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah as a cancer patient. He's got cancer. And, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard that was good. So I guess there's a lot good. I haven't seen now that I think about it. Probably. Yeah, um so uh, let's get back to the friend fight for a minute because I this is like one of the big check marks in this film. It may be in my top 5 uh elongated friend fights of all time that I love because they live is by far my favorite. Oh, um, okay. But good one. Th- this one, <laughs> this one's one. top five. This one's top five for friend fight. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it, it was okay. I mean, it went along. It went a little long. That's what I liked about it. If you could, if you can manage to keep me entertained mm-hmm. during a, a, an extended friend fight. So I was using it. Didn't go as long as the one that they live. <laughs> no, they did not. And that no, was an amazing friend fight. That's a good point. But okay, let me ask you this. Do you have to park your brain at the door when you realize, oh, 
uh, Cato could just murder him, and yeah. now well, somehow that's, he's that's his, what it, his face that's is what I being liked mushed. About, his face right. is being that's mushed what, into the freaking uh, foosball right. table like like he's nothing. Like that was so dumb. That, the the friend fight was actually uh, pivotal for me to make sure that I believed that Seth Rogen's character was competent enough in a fight to actually be out there on the streets fighting crime because if so, he could at least if he could at least use some kind of you know trickery or something to mm-hmm. at least almost hold his own for at least a minute or two against our amazing fighter then i'm like okay then maybe he could maybe it's so, believable so mm. this this reminded me of galaxy quest where you have you know what i'm saying these actors mm-hmm. who played badasses but are not actually badasses and then they have to at some point become badasses to save their own lives yeah right and i just like i i don't know why but it always entertains me every mm. time mm. every like the mm. the whole crouching tiger hidden badass thing <laughs> like it just like it it always entertains me i i love the idea that in this fight seth rogan's character is learning how to fight and somehow making leaps and bounds right, right. You know? oh, see i just chalk it up to kato saying well, if I if I use my even one right. tenth of my power, I'm going to kill this guy. So I'm just going to hold yeah. back. I'm going to let him feel like he's winning, and then I'm going to kind of yeah, put him in yeah. his place, and then I'm gonna let him feel like he's winning a little bit. And when Cato is gently slamming his head into the TV, you know, <laughs> right. it's just right. like so funny. It, that yeah. well, that's that's kind of also the twist as well. Uh, you know, the, the one I always go to is The Simpsons when Homer Simpson became a boxer, and the reason why he was good at it is because he could take a hit. He wasn't mm-hmm. he wasn't mm-hmm. skilled at anything other than just being able to take a hit. Yeah. There was some and of that. So, I, yeah, like, and there was nothing that like the that's and that's maybe what this film needed for me, is there needed to be something besides the money that Seth Rogan had. The money. You know, something that his cushy life, his right. his previous experience gave him an a, an advantage in one area that would make right. it believable so, that he would do I, this as opposed to just being rich. Right. Mm-hmm. I thought about that too, and it has to do with uh, the intro of the movie that kind of weakly does what what we needed, which was to introduce the mm-hmm. fact that this this character has a a heart of like a Rocky or something that he's trying to right the wrongs, but his dad uh, quenches he he puts out the fire in this kid's belly by telling him, "Don't even try." Yeah, and mm-hmm. so he he right. is like he's like the real super okay. villain. All right, you know uh, what? I'll give today. you that because it is the whole like some bullies were beating up on some kids, and I was trying right. to get yeah. Okay, all right. So, what so was he that? had a, he has he has a huge heart and a really hard head, and is really horny, and that's kind of <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay, guys. What yeah. was your favorite improvised weapon in the whole movie? Oh, uh, the chair wheels from the office chair. Oh yeah, that was really <laughs> good. When he, when Seth was yeah. wheel. Well, because yeah. I, I really wanted to see him use it. The problem is that's when he got goofy yeah. and fell, and Trip. nothing happened with it. But I really wanted to see what that was going to get used for, and it didn't happen. For yeah. me, yeah. for me, it's when uh, Britt slams Cato down on the freaking foosball table yeah. and then spins yeah. the yeah. spins the levers. Yeah, spins the levers. Oh yeah. my gosh! Yeah, yeah the, the foosball table is good. I hated that, but I liked it too at the same time. <laughs> I, I kind of did laugh about the TV smash faces. Like I said, their friend fight was full of just amazingly good. Improvised. You can have fun. you can have that kind of friend fight when you got that kind of money because you just replace all that mm-hmm. shit, right? You know, yeah. yeah. But you know, Cato's going to be the one who has to clean that up because he's right. his servant. That's like right. Gonna- <laughs> That's right. He's making your coffee and cleaning up your fight. You're exactly right. right. 
anyway it, this it, movie also yeah. kind of teaches you how to make that leaf in the top of your uh the foam and your <laughs> it, kind of does. it does i've never actually I, I don't pay attention to like cooking shows or things where they show this so i've never yeah. really seen it done until this movie green hornet like, showed me oh that's how you do it because at I first i thought oh it looks it, like but, a peacock right. or like an explosion and then he went down the middle and i went oh yeah. you do the stem <laughs> after okay this is a great moment to talk about Jay Chow. So Jay yeah. Chow was was unknown to the filmmakers when they gave him the role. He he auditioned remotely and they gave him the role. They flew him over to be in this movie and then when he showed up to start filming, they found out in Taiwan he was probably the most famous singer at the time. <laughs> yeah. Right. Even his like so if you hover uh, or if you go to his Wikipedia page, um, that's the shot. I mean, it looks like he's boy band lead singer. He's the Justin right. Timberlake of Taiwan, basically. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, Taiwan is just a little island, but the guy is famous, famous over there in Taiwan. Oh, yeah. Huge over there, yeah. Like this guy does not buy his own meals in Taiwan. And so there's just like something, I don't know. There's just something bizarre about him being the sidekick about him being constantly put upon, you know, yeah. like just constantly like when he's the, the arguably whole... the bigger star per capita, <laughs> like he's just like, yeah, the, for the, sure. Yeah. <laughs> right. For sure. Yeah. I think that's interesting. He's, he's in a ton of Hong Kong stuff, bunch of Jet Li things. Jet Li was supposed to be up for this role at one point. So it's funny to see somebody who's not really his protege, oh, but wow. you know, right. appear yeah, he bought a, too much for this. Yeah, um, he's he's rich. He bought a esports league, uh, a rich. League of Legends team, mm-hmm. a few years ago. Um, he renamed it Jay Gaming because his first name is Jay. <laughs> nice, <laughs> like nice. That's what you want. Hey, does anyone know if the whole Cato thing that happens in the Pink Panther is ripped off from this idea? Because it's another oh. like, oh, oh my 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 man Cato who takes care of all these things, and then when I come home, he beats the shit out of me. Because uh, I, so. I wonder Makes if it's sense. all yeah, taken I never from thought that. About that, because the character's yeah. name is Cato in that, isn't it? Yeah, it's just yeah. with a C. With a I think. C? I think it's with a C, yeah. but still, like it's almost the exact same idea, except he doesn't really roll around with the Pink Panther or around. Wow, with how do we not hit the Pink Panther? That was some. I guess because it's comedy, mm-hmm. right? It's, yeah, in itself it's, it's hard to do comedy. Although Parody. if we're going to do any of them, it's the one we've got to do the one with uh, uh, Ted Wass from Blossom uh, and Soap, uh, yeah, uh, where he goes return? out to find Peter Sellers, who's disappeared. Right. Not return. I thought she was. What gonna... was that called? That was. I was going to say Steve Martin. That was looking terrible. for the Pink Panther, or the the Finding the Pink Panther, or uh, that was a shit movie. Search for the Pink Panther. That was an embarrassingly <laughs> bad film. I remember thinking it really was, yeah. Like, oh, oh, uh, freaking Peter Sellers doesn't want to do these anymore, huh? But still want to <laughs> squeeze a few pennies out. All right, right. trail. I, maybe it's Trail of the Pink Panther. Let's see mm. here. It feels like film sack to me for us to watch the 1963 like classic, you know, David Niven right. Pink Panther. I mean, the comedy is so different than the comedy yeah. we experience now. It, it's yeah. almost, yeah, it's. I mean, I I love that stuff growing up. We watched them on VHS over and over and over. Return is my favorite. Like I used, we used to think those were the greatest things ever made. I don't know how they hold up now. They're probably not as good yeah. as I think they are. I I can, I don't remember it. I I know I've seen a movie called The Pink Panther Strikes Again. I saw it as a kid. Mm-hmm. I I don't remember it at all. That was it was so it was total drive-in movie stuff for me. I remember seeing those with my mom and my uncle all the time. Like they were. We would go see these things, and I'd I'd remember bits and pieces of it. And I loved the slapstick apparently at the time, which is 
kind of funny because I kind of hate slapstick now. <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah. this is why yeah. they overdid it too much. Maybe, maybe yeah. that's it. I mean, it's you know. Yeah, but, the whole uh, selling point was me. I was always the introduction where they actually had the Pink the, Panther the cartoon, cartoon. The actual Pink Panther, yeah. Panther cartoon. There was something yeah. to that too, yeah. yeah. Speaking of things that are, seem like they're not uh, endemic to the movie, Edward James Almost is in this thing. And my gosh, is he in a different movie in every scene mm-hmm. than the everyone else is yeah. in. He's uh-huh. in this whole other movie. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, he's in a movie about a newspaper struggling to uh, keep up with the, <laughs> you know, this this the state of things in the cities and or whatever. Like right. I, every time I'd see him I go, "Oh right, Edward James almost is still in this movie somehow and is in it at all. I don't know how what who someone owed someone a favor. Like why do you right. even do this movie?" You know, like, it's uh, and it's kind of funny to think, wow, all right, we're uh, we're newspapers uh, doing this well in 2011. I don't think they didn't think they this were because I'd already right left before the, the. This was right before the fall. They started. Okay. They started plummeting in the next year, like during that presidential election is when gotcha. newspapers really started closing up. Yeah, I will say this though. I've been to um, obviously been to several papers in my in my career, my storied career. <clears throat> the um, Seattle Times Post Intelligencer. I got to go in the basement and see their whole setup, and those little robot, independent little machines that push around the giant rolls of paper, completely yeah, yeah, yeah. and totally a thing. And they just yeah. run autonomously all night long, moving paper to the to the presses that you know running out. Um, that was kind of cool too. To see. It, it is just the wildest thing. I've never seen one this big. I've seen some smaller yeah. ones, but that that is just some amazing weird tech. This shows you how much money was in newspapers. Right. The day. Yeah, yeah, because the like you you always think, oh well, it was like twenty five cents. How could they make money? Mm-hmm. No, no, they sold advertising space. They were yeah. like during their heyday, newspapers made a killing. Yeah, yeah. This made this made it look like okay. So this is twenty eleven. Newspapers are kind of already on the ropes uh, by this point, and they played it though like this was, you know one of those seventies movies about newspapers where it's just like mm-hmm. all the president's men or something where people are just rushing around. There's right. everybody's working. We got nothing but full employment. Right. Everybody's making a story. Right. What's the story today? Everybody, <laughs> what's the story? Get that story on my desk by noon. Yeah. And I kind of, it kind of <laughs> rang a hollow to me. I was just like, no, wait, 2011. You all got flat screens. I remember 2011. I had nerdtacular that year. Come on now. Let's, let's but they, but they do try and like modernize a little bit. All right. Well, uh, we can't get this in the newspaper. Let's just get it in the blog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get it into the blog. They kept using that. If you go watch early aughts or mid aughts to high aughts movies, a lot of blog term in movies. Yeah, we Lots didn't even know what blogs were. It's like I got to have a blog. Okay, yeah. why is that? Yeah, yeah. I don't know, but we just got to mention the word blog. Fit it somehow into the script, please. Podcast hasn't gone, hasn't had to deal with that as bad. There's still some of that though. It's like, hey, start a podcast, and you hear that sometimes yeah. in a movie. There's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of comedy in, in TV series about. People start in podcasts, yeah, not yeah. movies. No, no, no. Yeah. But yeah, but the blog thing is, I think, is pretty. It has a unique sort of like, I don't know. Everyone, everybody thought that was the internet. The new internet was going to be blogging. That was the internet, right? Mm-hmm. And then, not really. Now, it's just web pages. Turns out, <laughs> you know, like you can a person can write a thing and put it on the internet. It is you don't have to call it a blog. You can call it their web page right. or their. I don't know. I guess you can call it their blog. You do what you got to do is what I I'm do, saying. I do kind of like that this movie was written and produced right before all movies had to account for smartphones and YouTube and so on. Yeah. Like it it was cool that way. Yeah. I, I appreciate it. It felt kind of timeless. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, but like I joked at the beginning, it's really unaware of how the world works, this movie. Like the cops would just be 
ever increasing all over you all the time. Every scene, there would be more and more cops prowling around right. trying to stop this craziness. And they would key in on who was doing it very quickly. You mm-hmm. wouldn't you wouldn't get to yeah. just go home like this. Mm-hmm. Also oh, that... What do you mean? What do you mean I sound like Britt Reed? No, I'm the Green Hornet. <laughs> what, what are you talking about? Also... No, I, what do you mean I smell like pot? Lots of superheroes smell like pot. Yeah, all of them do. Damn it. Uh, when he shot that camera that supposedly took a shot of him while they were driving, <laughs> and he shot it with a little missile, I thought to myself, no, they don't keep the... There's no key yeah, there. It's it's in a 2011. Yeah. There's no <laughs> like has to micro climb up there daily to find all of the people. Yeah. Who, did anyone like, who's got to climb oh, up and get it. all the micro SDs this week? Like, come on. <laughs> Don't let Seth Rogen do it. He'll take a sushi drive up there. Yeah. And mess it all up. All I could think of was, no, you're too late, dude. Blow that camera up before you got there because it's done. Right. Yeah. It's on a hard drive somewhere in 2011 even. So that's how it was. Uh, I like this bit of trivia because I always like crossover stuff. Um, hell, it's why we have a Trek connection in the show. But Tom Wilkinson is in both this and The Lone Ranger in 2013, a real hot uh-huh. steaming pile of garbage. Um, but here's what's funny. The Green the Green Hornet and The Lone Ranger are related in the original radio version of the story of The Green Hornet. So those two are oh, like really? relatives. Like, yeah. like cousins okay, okay, familiar, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Isn't that weird? It's weird. That is weird. Yeah. I don't know if you, I think he was like, not, not. He's a descendant because it's because the because the Lone Ranger is set in the 1800s. Yeah, I'm and then say it had to be like that. Yeah, right? Greenhorn oh, okay. like the 30s. It'd be great so. if they were like you know. Uh, it was the year 1900. <laughs> I want to get the uh, the Greenhorn in cinematic universe, the GHCU. Yep. Now, my favorite trivia by far is a single line of text. It's only one, two, three, four, five, six words long. It says, "Cato cannot swim in the movie." <laughs> Why is that really? in the trivia? Why is that in there? Yeah, that's not, yeah, that's that's not trivia. Really that's exactly in the movie. Plot. Yeah, it's, it's in the movie. Yeah. It's like saying Seth Rogen plays the lead character. No, we know. <laughs> trivia. The yeah. Green Hornet wears a mask. That's really film. stupid. Anyway, thought that, that made All me right. laugh. We, we've got to talk about it because we talked about talking about it. Now we got to talk about it or else we didn't talk about it to All talk right. about it. But the, right. uh, okay. the escape uh, path, the, the Bat Cave entrance with the oh, split yeah, car. Yeah. Uh, getting in and out of the uh, in and out of the Green Hornet lair, yeah. the Hornet Cave. Yeah, yeah. so Cato uh, had to go and like install all that stuff, right. and that couldn't have been in- like an overnight. Yeah, and that so there's the thing it hung up. I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop thinking yeah. about it. It's yeah. a paradox. It's a paradox. If you live in a in a world where there are people, they're gonna see you create it. If yeah. you don't live in a world where people are out walking their dogs in your nice Beverly Hills neighborhood all the time, right. then you don't need it. You don't, you don't need, need that secret. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I wasn't the only one that noticed it because it, it just usually I try to I try to make my intro something that just it it won't reconcile in my head. There's a very there's a very sense. small sort of immature part of me that loves the idea that there's a car you break oh. in half to open a gate. Absolutely. But all of my adulthood has told me that none of this works right. You can't line it up either yeah. way. It's going to look weird, even if someone walked past right. it. Forget about like oh, not seeing you build it. Ticket that car, or you got to call the parking. He's like, "There's a car that's been parked on uh, the side of the road here. <laughs> yeah. There's a weird seam down the middle of it." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, I'm pretty and sure it's it, a bomb. <laughs> and and I'm sure that was also super entertaining to see, like 50, 70 years ago. Yeah, but sure. wouldn't it be so much cooler if you had the wherewithal? to make a hidden underpass with like a trap door that opens up and the car comes out a ramp yep. and then the trap door closes yeah. and it's in the middle of the street. Sure. I mean, if it's gotta be disguised by a car, cause I could understand that you don't want 
the the best reason for that, and maybe even for that underpass idea, Randy, is that you just don't want somebody to park there, and all of a sudden you're trapped in your green hornet lane. <laughs> yeah, right. So, but have, leave the car there. But instead of making it split in half, just have it like raise up, like that in the gate, raise up. It's attached to the front of the gate. Yeah. You drive underneath yeah. it, and it closes back down. Solid car, one piece. Yeah. Or just that, have that the ground move, so it's an actual car. Yeah. So that if you need to move it, there's no questions. You just go move it. You know, the, I, the I cop goes, hey, you can't park there all this time. Oh, all right. Well, I'll move it out of the way. Then you're not. Because if you try to do it here, they're like, okay, you can leave now while I go move this car. No, we need to see you do it, sir. Well, okay. Uh, oh, see, I can't find my key. Like, uh, Oh, well, how did this happen? Why is it split in half? Oh, man. What, what have I done? And then run. You're like, what are you going to do? There's no yeah. There's no good answer. It's bad. No. It's, bad it's definitely thing. an homage to those 70s type of uh, oh, yeah. setups, right? You know, it's I the... Mean, yeah. It's the the big rock wall in front of the Batcave sliding open. Yeah, I. Uh, but they didn't update the idea at all. They just ripped it straight from the headlines. Right, and, right. You know, it reminded me of how how waste. Well, this is my own personal opinion. Okay, I think that we live in a time where we should just have way less paper because what's the point? There's just not a lot of point to it. I've got a. Every once in a while, I walk into like a. I'm not asking them to go bankrupt, but. I'll walk into a Barnes and Noble back in the before times and I would take my phone in there and I'd look at my phone and I'd look at Barnes and Noble and I would see a, a multi-acre, you know, multi-floor place just stocked with books and books and books and books plus other kinds of media in there plus a coffee shop and I would look at my phone and go, everything but the coffee shop would fit on my phone. All of mm-hmm. it. Every single shelf, it, every single book, multiple editions, plus some. You're so, multiple you're locations. You're so busy trying to put it on your phone, never thought if you should. <laughs> I see what <laughs> you're saying. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I always see that and it just goes, I just, I, I know there's value in books and I, you know, once in a while I'll yeah, get a book. There's nothing like being like, re, like actually holding a book book. and re- Right. There's something to it. I totally get it. But seeing that and, and realizing where we are te- techno- technologically is kind of frustrating because all paper, printed paper is is the technology of its time. I mean, that's all that is. Mm-hmm. So we kind of moved on from it. So when they're running around in that giant newspaper printing part of the facility, I used mm-hmm. to, uh, we lived near one here and I used to tour it when we were in high school for our um, school newspaper. We just go tour it and watch them set type and all that. And uh, seeing all those rolls of paper where the fight began, you gotta say it's paper. De- okay. Oh man, it's depressing. Like that's so much yeah. paper. Yeah. I, it is de- is depressing because of the resources used, or yeah, it's just a waste. Because- it, so so a here's waste. an interesting uh, here's an interesting trip. Uh, go find out what the true footprint of running servers and managing data. No, no, no. I agree. Uh, and it, the resources. You're right. All it, that is stuff. It, is it really a? Are, have we really moved forward? No, no, no. You're you. We we, we may have even moved backwards a little because. You could you could argue that as much server stuff we use for everything that we're serving to each other, just running Netflix and billions of homes alone, it's probably way more draining on on resources than the forest of trees it took to make all that paper. I just think I, purely from a hey, those trees can probably still be a <laughs> sort of idea. That's that's where I'm coming from because you're not wrong. Yeah. Okay. You're oh, wrong. so you're oh you're a tree hugger. No, you're see, literally <laughs> you're literally a tree hugger. Yeah, kind, okay. kind of what I'm saying is I'm not like some right crazy fringy sort of hey save the <laughs> save the planet kind of brain because I I know it's complicated, <laughs> but it just is so much paper when I know what in my pocket. I know I know what you mean, fit. but I'm trying. To, I know exactly what you mean because we were we were uh, whether or not 
is a true reflection of our true beliefs or not, it's hard to say because we were of a generation that was inundated with this idea of we've got to save the forest, right? So, I mean, it, how much of it is truth and how much of it is it just our... Well, I have no idea, uh, but here's trained. here's all I know. Because to me, this is just, right. this is just purely... This isn't even about that for me. This is a, This is me looking at my phone and going... My yeah. clipboard, my temporary clipboard where I copy things to it and paste it and text and things, I could hold that entire day's edition of the paper in this movie in the right. clipboard temporarily. I could put it in there and then just transfer it somewhere and paste it. I don't but even have to store it. You could, it. but I think there's copyrights against that, so don't do that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, though? Like, you just see the sheer amount you. and you realize... No, we've I'm got a way. You- we've got a way, and it's on this one screen. This one screen holds all of I'm it. I'm giving yet- you... I'm giving you crap, Scott, but I, I actually, you know, I, I agree with you. I have the same emotional response to, we I have the same emotional response airplanes. to all that. Why do we need cars? <laughs> right. Well, it's not that kind of stuff. I mean, I, I don't know. It, it's pure. It's really 100% just this because I just, and part of it is because I, I have transitioned to such a digital life. Like everything I get, I don't yeah, get discs. Yeah. I don't get CDs. I don't get um, even video. I, DVDs, I can tell you the last right. time I had a physical video game. It's been years. Maybe a decade right. since yeah. I've done that. And uh, no, so I, you licked a switch chip. I saw it. Oh, nah. that's true. Yeah, that's true. The switch got me a couple but, times because they is, had a better deal. That's why it is. <laughs> it is interesting. This movie would bring that up because it was 2011. It was it was a transition time where we were. You know, are we are we finally in the digital age? Or are we still analog? And uh, well, we're in both, and we still are. And, right, and we're know. still in both, and and still, yeah, still yeah. there. I don't know. I'd love to see the math on like, I you know, obviously running all the servers we run, everything else, all that stuff adds up and you have to look at it in a much more abstract way. You can't just say right. that piece of coal burned in that oven and that made yeah. this much wattage or whatever. But uh, there's probably a way paper to do that was a pretty, Yeah. Paper was a pretty easy quantifiable item, right? It's like, okay, it took this many trees. There you go. There's the math. That's how many trees had to die so you could read this little print. Yeah, whereas, exactly. Whereas it's a little more complicated. Yeah, because now it's all yeah, ones that. and zeros, and they're coming from the, all, all over the world, and, and you don't right. know how much, you know, that one text I got. What does that represent in a kilowatt hour? I don't know. I have no mm-hmm. idea. So how speaking much of the in this tech? Yeah, yeah, speaking yeah. of technology we don't understand, can I have a little trip alert? Yeah, you always have one. Here you go. You got to imbue the car with magic, guys. The car <laughs> has to have a, the magic. This yeah. is a this uh, movie and, and and so many Green Hornet stories apparently feature 1965 Chrysler uh, Crown Imperial sedan. Yeah. Beautiful and, car. And uh, I went I went on a little deep dive here cuz it was it's beautiful, it's wonderful and it's magical. A magical car in this movie. And actually when you look uh, across all uh, uh, entertainment, there's not a lot of magical cars. There's there's there it feels like there's a lot, but there's not. And this is this one's way up there like i would put this in the top 10 list of greatest magical cars here let's do it so we got that one we got the general lee i would put the car from uh, supernatural as a modern example there's would, like three different batmobiles that belong batmobile kit right there the kit. delorean kits in there delorean's in there absolutely delorean um so so let me tell you a little just a quick little bit of trivia i find it fascinating they built they built this thing 29 times to make this movie uh there there were there there weren't necessarily 29 Chrysler Imperial sedan cars like sitting around, but they, they built them up 29 times and they uh, ended the film with three that were workable, drivable, you know, like actually good cars. Yeah. And the best one of the, of the, what was it called in the movie? It's got uh, a name. The Black, Black, Beauty. Beauty. Black, Black, Black Beauty. Beauty. Black yeah. Beauty. So the yeah. best Black Beauty that the the film producers had, they gave to like a radio station as a promo to give away. 
And so there was some kind of sweepstakes and it was given to a rando who had the car for about five years and mm-hmm. then sold it, sold the freaking green Hornet black beauty car <laughs> from the movie. Cause the dude needed money, sold uh, it in 2017 for $28,000. That's wow. all wow. still. Wow. Yeah. Can you believe, can you wow. imagine like the, uh, this is like the Simpsons house over in Henderson, Nevada. Yeah. That somebody won from a Frito Lay con- uh, contest decided they didn't want to live in it because it looked like the Simpsons house, and they <laughs> sold it and for like regular house prizes. And now somebody lives in there; they've repainted it, nice. uh, so it's only the shell of it. You know, is yeah. like the so Simpsons the value shape. of the yeah the value of the uh, of the uniqueness of it was not as much value right. as the right. actual it item didn't itself. Go to, these things didn't go to real like tr- true collectors. They went to somebody right. who. Who thought it'd be cool and said, oh man, I really could use the cash. And it also probably says that he didn't take care of it because like in 2017, if you're, if you're trying to buy a good condition, 1965 Chrysler Imperial, that's going to cost you a lot more than $28,000, but it's just, oh man, to have, uh, to to just look at it. It's such a car. And that's the thing, right? Let's say you win, let's say you win this radio station contest. You get the, the black beauty that they used in the film. Now right. all of a sudden, it's not like you can park it on the street. Now all of a sudden, you need to like, all right, well, I've got to redo the garage, or I've got to put it someplace where it's safe and and is kept clean. I've got to make sure to maintain mm-hmm. this thing. I need to buy separate insurance on it because it's a collector's item and not just like a farmer's insurance driving on the road kind of thing. <laughs> you know, all of a sudden, winning this this great prize is a really yeah, yeah. expensive proposition. So one more, one more little thing there. This is not related to the magical car trope. I just loved the, the whole thing where they just, uh, Seth Rogen takes a girl all the way around Jay Leno's garage. I actually do call that the magical car. It's called the Seth gets laid magical car. Just (laughs) the magic. (laughs) The magic is that Seth gets laid. I hate speed up film though. Can't stand it. Annoys the hell out of me. That's Keystone cops. I I thought it was a lot of flailing and like leg leg jerking around that i would actually like to see that in, in regular motion to see how <laughs> dokey it looks yeah and i want I actually, audio i want audio from the whole thing right. yeah yeah i oh, generally hate <laughs> i generally hate sped up film but the way they handle it here it actually worked to try to tell what they were trying for the for the joke they were trying to tell it worked it was it was effective and it went by quickly yeah, I guess. I don't know. I found I I thought it went too long. I was like, all right, how many right. cards are you gonna lay on, dude? I I was I my mouth was wide open because we're just slowly walking around Jay Leno's garage. Yeah, and yeah. had to be right. GMC, there's a Ferrari. There's a GMC. Like it just it was just so amazing yeah. to to see. It's beautiful. I mean, every car in there was like whoa. If you if you like cars uh, in movies, the IMCDB Internet Movie Car Database dot org. I I usually check there whenever it's like really cool cars. Movie, movie. car, DB. uh, No way this exists. I put a link in the... the, uh, I've been looking at this website almost every episode of FilmSide. Yeah, yeah. Wow, this is great. I didn't know this existed. Look at this. Oh, yeah. Oh, Green Hornet's even on here. places to go. Oh, this is the Green Hornet one. Sorry. I'm I'm like, wait. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll link directly to the Green Hornet. (laughs) I really like this Green Hornet. It's like featured on the main page. Oh, it's everything. He just uh, linked us right to the first page, the Green Hornet page. Wow. The, oh, there's also an internet movie plane database. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Everybody's got a gig, The man. internet never lets me down. Never lets me down. 
amazing. Yeah, and you can you can find out that the Cato's uh, motorcycle was a 2010 Harley Davidson V rod, which it looked so big for him. Yeah, it looked like he could barely control it. <laughs> it's so oh funny. Oh my gosh, this is intense! How deep this goes. Yeah. yeah, I'm just looking at Datsun B210s, which is an old shitty car my friend had in high school. I, there's miles of references to movies and yeah, TV. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. This is like the Trek nerd version of uh, Cars. Yeah, he's like right, they're right. really into it. I <laughs> want to know how many <laughs> pacers have, to, have been to the show now. Like a uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> you need to have like a Lincoln connection. Lincoln right. connection. No, it's funny because the, uh, we got. I got to give Daryl a little a uh, little jab here. Um, sometimes this happens because he'll just miss here on the show. He'll listen to the show and he knows what he wants to do. It's like, oh, their next movie's this, so I'm going to go find all their Trek connections and send it to us. And we love it. It's an invaluable service. Yeah. This last time, we get this full oh, list yeah? of uh, Green Lantern connections and uh, yeah. Brian's response was, that's awesome. Now do Green Hornet. And then <laughs> I just left the email to I know. I, was, I, I decided I'm just going to try and be a total a-hole. Yeah. Jokingly be an a-hole because I know he knows that I'm kidding. Yeah, but it, just it was really like funny. Be a funny thing to like be great. Now to Green just, Hornet. <laughs> I was just really glad that as we're doing Green Hornet and anybody who wants to watch the movie can go to Netflix and just search the word green mm-hmm. and they're not going to accidentally find Green Lantern because it's not streaming. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A green Lantern is if it was, we'd do it. I think. I think that's on our list yeah. of. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. The, one of the greens we got to do. My favorite parody of a green a green hero like Green Arrow, Green Lantern, whatever is uh, the Simpsons did one about the green listener. Do you guys remember that once? Oh, I think <laughs> I do remember that one. The comic no. book guy was, was they were having yeah. a hard time selling a whole bunch of comics. They bought way too many of them. One of them was like thousands of issues of something called the green <laughs> listener. And it was just some dude in a chair looking all, you know, got a green outfit and a, and a mask on talking to somebody <laughs> just sitting there listening. It's so dumb, but I've stuck with me. I loved it anyway. All right. Hey, uh, clips. How about clips? Let's do some clips. Yeah. Well, let's do some clips. I agree. Uh, I got some here, and I'm going to play them. That's how this works. Hold on. There it is. All right. Uh, I didn't do uh, too many, but enough to enjoy. Here's uh, uh, Christoph Waltz making things better. The fact that you assume that you can open this establishment without my permission, without payment, and sell narcotics out of it is completely unacceptable. Really? And to be honest, quite insulting. Oh, man. Don't piss him off. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He has a gun with two it. barrels yeah. on it. Uh, put your lips where? Chudnovsky, kiss my ass. Put your lips to my ass and kiss it. <laughs> so that's just let it, they just let him improvise. Yeah. They just yeah, like, exactly. Franco, yeah. Yeah. Say you, whatever you want. Be Franco. Go ahead and be Franco. Here's uh, Ibbett's prom date, sent us some audio. I didn't get this from your mom. It was actually from the prom date. Oh, nice. Yeah, this was her. I believe he got a hold of her. Well, this was her talking to you, I guess, after the night was over. So here's this. I got bittersweet news for you. You're washed up. You're old. You're boring. You're not scary. You dress like shit. (laughs) It's over for you, okay? That's the bitter news. Man, that was not a good night, dude. No, no, it was it was rough, but uh, I got I got my comeuppance. Yeah, Uh, that's why I was really surprised you were able to find that clip. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) This and, uh, script was really hung up on people being called old. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just, oh, yeah. It, it felt so wrong to me. Also, just, like, 11 years ago, how was the Seth Rogen? He was acting like he was 19, but I don't think that's right. He would have been like, hold on. Uh, uh, he would have been 30, 30, 29, 30 when he made this movie. All right. Maybe younger than I thought. He just plays old. That was 82. He was born in 82. So what, what is he now? 40 now? 
Yeah. Something like that. 38, sure. 38. You're right. <laughs> kind of surprising. Like, he was playing 21 in this movie, and I guess he pulled it off, but it only because he lost a bunch of weight. Yeah. And, and by the way, uh, I couldn't see him in this movie. Like, I, every time there, his whole body was, I thought that was a body double. Every time. Yeah. Every time. He lost 35 pounds for this thing. Yeah. Ton of weight. Hold on a second. Console Wars, TV series documentary he's directing. What is this about? Employees at gaming company Sega try to make a more popular device than the other ones made by their dominant rival Nintendo. Is this yeah, a documentary it's, or it's a movie? Uh, yes, it is, it's based on the book uh, and it's a, a documentary. I'm so ready for that. Yeah, it's a good. It's a great read. You ever read it? No. Or I, the audiobook? The audiobook's great. Is it? All right, let's yeah. check it out. He was also oh, and he produced that Invincible series that's coming up with Stephen Yoon, J.K. Oh, Simmons, the, uh, and all that. The the comic one, right? The, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. See, this is where I think he should spend his time. Yeah. Oh, be. Preacher's excellent. I'm about uh, three quarters, two thirds of the way through the third season. I'm just loving it, loving it again. Preacher, loving it. All right, here's uh, uh, who makes his coffee. Who makes my coffee? Who makes my coffee? Will someone explain to me why I'm the worst day of my life? My coffee tastes like shit. Jeez. It's usually okay. angry acting there. That's, That's the one. Yep. And also, yeah. also ridiculous. If your coffee is hot, you're drinking it within a minute of someone setting it down on the table. Mm. Right. You're going to know who that is. Yep. I guarantee it. Mm-hmm. It's not just... Uh, Set there by a ninja. Well, maybe. But, but I'm gonna say it's a ninja, right? That's <laughs> yeah. exactly what he is. Yeah. Katie was it is a ninja. totally a ninja. Yeah, yes, except a ninja. That, that day it was not a ninja. No, no, it was not a ninja that day. All right, here's um, a line that made me laugh, and I probably shouldn't because it's super dumb. But here it is. I was born in Shanghai. You know Shanghai? Mm. Love Japan. Love Japan. <laughs> <laughs> I did like that. Yeah, yeah. I kind of laughed. It was it was all right. Uh, here's the thing you don't want to be. Don't be a pussy. All right, there's that. Uh, let's see. That was that was Jay Chow. Uh, here's Seth Rogen doing this. Whoa! That's the most close you're going to get to his laugh. Whoa! Because yeah, it's getting down yeah. into his thing yeah. he does. God, I just want him to clear his throat. I know. He's always got something in there. Yeah. A little something brewing. Uh, <laughs> Coffee. Are you a pervert? Kato, are you a pervert? I like that question. That's good. Hey, it's been a long time since we've seen Edward Furlong, so I recorded some audio of Edward Furlong. Here he is. The thing looked like a half tank or something. I mean, there's fire coming out of the thing. Huh? Oh, yeah, he gave me this. He said that this is his town now. I didn't I didn't even recognize him at first because he looked so haggard and... That's how he Meffy. looks now in real life. All meffy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wow. I was like, oh. I wonder how he's what? doing now. He had serious drug problems for a while, and I think he's probably yeah. on the mend. I don't actually know that. Furlong. Let's just look him up. Edward Furlong. Here we go. Uh, oh, my he gosh. He's not take a good Wikipedia picture. I'll say that. He's older. <laughs> he's older than he's Seth. Older? He's, he's aging? No, no. What? Let me finish with the sentence. He's older than Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen was born in 82. Yeah. Edward Furlong yeah. was born in 77. Yes. That blows my yeah, mind. Because or right. On my birthday, by the way, Edward Furlong and I both uh, August 2nd. Oh, wow. You realized, right, yeah. that Terminator 2 is 20 years yeah. before this movie? Yes. Wow. That's, okay. that's weird. Terminator 2 is almost 30 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> that's really weird to even think yeah. about. All right. Well, Edward Furlong, well done. 
Uh, here's the what? I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's time to update your Wikipedia photo there, Edward Furlong. Yeah, get going on that. Uh, this, but I don't know what this is. I'll just play it. What the hell? What happened to me? What's happening? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah, it was all right. It was a few moments. It was all right. Uh, here's another thing that made me laugh, but it's so juvenile, but it still made me laugh. I was in a coma, dick. I just, I don't know. <laughs> I like the tone there. All right. He, I don't know what he says here. Help me with this. This is a Jay Chow moment. I just cannot understand it. Here it is. I fixed the hornet gas. He what? <laughs> the hornet I've, I've gas. Oh, the, yeah, hornet. the hornet gas. Hornet gas. Yeah, basically, instead of it knocking you out for 11 days, it now just knocks you out for an hour. I fixed the hornet gas. I wrote holy gassed. Holy gas. <laughs> I loved it so, so much that after 11 days in a basically in a coma wearing a diaper, Seth Rogen found out that it now only knocks you out for an hour. So he immediately shot right. Kato in the face. Yeah. Yeah. That was all right. That was pretty funny, I thought. But the, but you can see where I got confused here. I fixed the horny gas. It's just horny gas. <laughs> really threw me Here out. comes the horny gas. Horny gas. Okay. You guys heard this in the intro. I just thought that was funny. Kind of like that, too. Uh, oh, <laughs> here's a rude thing to say to your friend. You grew up penisless on the streets. Jeez. Yeah. Jeez. Um, all right. This is kind of funny. Christoph Waltz. That's scary. And cool. <laughs> <laughs> he did have some good lines. The whole, like, I only brought one gas mask. <laughs> so was this, like, three years after Inglorious Bastards, I think? 2009, wasn't it? Something mm-hmm. like that. So he was he was in that mo- that mode of like in between prestige projects, but making money. I yeah, taking I whatever you could get. Yeah, right? taking whatever you could get. But this is between Django and uh, and Glorious Bastards. Well, and then what's two the, Oscars. What's the other? Yeah, he got an Oscar for that too, right? Didn't he get one for yeah, Django? For both of those for Django and uh, Inglorious Bastards. Oh, he's so good in those movies. He is. Um. All right. Here's. Oh, okay. Here's this. You gotta dig this bullet out of my meat. Now, here's the thing. <laughs> I love that line, but here's the thing. I didn't record any uh what's her name because she was just not here. Yeah, yeah. She just felt absent in this Cameron movie. Diaz? Yeah, no, complete, complete window dressing. What a weird cast job. Because she was I mean, mm-hmm. she's enough of a face where you'd go, Oh, Cameron Diaz, okay, well then she'll be a significant part of your film because mm-hmm. that's who she is and then this she was you could have hired anyone oh yeah anybody could have done it think of the poor actress that didn't get that job and they gave it yeah. <laughs> no, they give the, the bullet that they dodged yeah that's a good point it's the, it's the, the, didn't go part, to their meat. <laughs> the lowest part of the movie for me is the fact that there's really only one woman in it and she's so completely left to the side like i just yeah. I don't understand how yeah, the, the one of the happened. newspaper ladies, but she didn't really say much. Um, what else? That's it. Oh, and the, the maid, but he just yelled at her. Yeah. yeah, that's it. There's no women in this movie. What are you doing there? Movie. It is kind of a Seth Rogen thing. Like he and, and Evan Goldberg write movies about packs of dudes. And that's just all they can seem to do. But it's, it's too bad because you imagine the Kevin Smith version of this film would have had, a woman and you would think that seth rogan would have been looking at that mm. you know like mm-hmm. he would have at least considered what kevin smith had written i would i would watch a kevin smith directed green hornet i think he'd do a good mm-hmm. job yeah as long as there's not like well, a donkey sex well, show when, in he, it. when he was detached from the project he claimed to have 200 pages written and they became a comic series mm-hmm. there's a, a, a kevin smith written green yeah. hornet comic series 
from I don't know 2008 or 2010 or something huh. that that were that came from his script treatment and that fact kind of made me want to read those books. Green Hornet. Let me see if I can. If I can I'm sure you can get these. And you know you can fit the whole thing on your phone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. Um, all right. Say more. Yeah. Say more about your new phone thing idea. All right. So here's uh, here's now the time for us to uh, exit that building and enter this one. It's the film sack checklist. A lot of sexual harassment. Check. Mm. Fart guns. Check. And I don't drink coffee and Kato's brew even looked good to me check uh i don't drink coffee and that looked really good right. i i found the whole thing where you use blue gas to roast <laughs> the beans as you're cracking <laughs> them to be absolutely ridiculous yeah that was pretty weird but i love a, a pretty coffee always is attractive to me until i taste it and then i hate it i hate the taste of coffee like, but oh yeah that's right now i remember what this tastes like yeah, yeah, water. exactly but yeah. i do like i do like a good chai so you could do the same thing on a chai probably be fine It'd be all right uh, all right, uh, Star Trek Connections. There are a number of these this time. We got uh, Monica Sprooch. She played Monica Sprooch. Sprooch or Sprooch. I'm not Sprooch. sure how you say it. It's a U-C-H. Anyway, she was a bikini model on Enterprise. She had a recurring role as science division crewman and worked on one of the st- as one of the stand-ins for actress Jolene Blaylock. Wait, mm. she was a bikini model in the series, or that was her no, career? No, in this movie, yeah. she was a bikini model. In oh, movie. okay. Um, I got confused. Uh, yeah. I got and during the party scenes at the beginning, I'm sure. Oh, how, oh, okay. right. Or during the bikini uh, model. Or during the uh, uh, ejector seats. We should put those in. Oh, right. That's possible. Uh, oh, yeah. Probably one of those girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was yeah. a nice pool. They had speaking lines, so they'd get uh, a little more. That was a nice pool. Hi, Kato. <laughs> hey. Uh, let's see. Here we go. Jameson Yang played City Hall reporter and Enterprise played a medical technician in the second season episode, The Breach. And then Deborah Rombot. She was heavy metal groupie. Uh, didn't say which number. Uh, anyway, 2009, she was a Starfleet cadet in the film uh, Star Trek, the J.J. Abrams reboot universe thing. Uh, Billy Mayo played a police officer in the Enterprise. He played a condiment on a sandwich called mayo. No, just kidding. He played an officer <laughs> in the third season episode, Carpenter Street. All right. Our soundtrack grade today, I'd give it an S for stock. There was nothing stock. really stood out about it. It was fine. It could have been anything. It's fine. It's okay. Twitter post, 280 characters. That's all you have to describe this film. Let's start with Randy. Green Hornet. A couple of young dudes with money to burn or rolling all over that hide-a-bed where one of them sleeps with a different hot chick every night, just like a Saturday night at Ibbett's house. Nice. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> heard that in a couple of weeks. <sighs> yeah. Uh, hey, Brian Dunaway, your turn. Oh, the Green Hornet. A man boy and his boy man take on crime in L.A. by becoming criminals themselves? Mind blown. Now make me some coffee. <laughs> Slave boy. Uh, Slave then, boy. And then who? Oh, and then Brian Ibbett. And then who? The Green <laughs> Hornet. 2011 gives us a look back at what superhero movies were like in 2004. Nice. Oh. Well done. Yes. <laughs> You're not wrong, dude. Like, there is Pre, that. Pre MCU. Yeah. Like, yeah, the yeah. Phantom. Like, this is very the Phantom. And, uh, oh, yeah. This feels like it was made before Iron Man. Yeah. Or Dark Knight. Right. It totally does. Yeah. yeah. Or Dark Knight. Yeah. Back, like, this is like, oh, let's. 
Schumacher does those great Batman movies. Let's try and do something like that. Yeah. Rest rest in peace, Schumacher. We haven't mentioned that on the show, have we? I don't think that's we right. No, we have not. He died. Old Joel Schumacher. He died. died. You know his his con time. his condom. His coffin has a giant nipple on it. Just a huge nipple. Wow. <laughs> uh, finally, no, that's it. Brian did do his. All right, moving on to this right here. <laughs> <laughs> real memorable, apparently. Yeah, real super right? memorable. Uh, the alternate titles just handed to me: the Green Boar Net. That's dumb. Ah. And I don't, couldn't think of anything else. Or that Cato movie that has a little sprinkle of the Green Hornet in it. That's the other net name I almost gave it. <laughs> Uh, emails, quick, couple of quick ones. We got one here from Adam. Uh, he sent this into filmsack at gmail.com. He says, dear sackers and slackers, you know who you are. He says, I'm writing most humbly to request the sacking of the 1978 Errol Morris documentary gates of heaven. I'm not sure if you've ever tackled the documentary before we have, we did that, uh, Schwarzenegger, uh, pumping iron. Yep. Uh, so we're not, we're not opposed. Um, but I would consider this perfect sack material. Roger Ebert once put it, on the list of the 10 best films of all time, and the release of the film caused Werner Herzog to literally eat a shoe. I suggest mm. if... <laughs> I, I will eat the shoe. <laughs> Wait, what's his voice? I'll eat my shoe if this movie gets made. <laughs> what does he say? He says, I'm trying to do... I can't think of, I used to do a good impression of Werner Herzog, and I can't do it now. Anyway. Oh, yeah, the uh, from Mandalorian. Yeah, when he line. says, the yeah. job of a Mandalorian. I can't do it. Anyway, I suggest if none, none slash any of you have seen it, that is definitely worth a short 84-minute runtime. Thanks, Adam. He is also Jam Adako on Twitter. So, oh, thank you, Adam. Where did he say this is? Uh, he didn't say where it's streaming. We'd have to check that out. Um, so we'll, we'll look for it. But I'd be down to check it out. Anything that made Werner Herzog eat a shoe. Oh, yeah. will eat this shoe. Uh, See, I can't do it. <laughs> Uh, documentary now is streaming on Netflix mm. and we could, we couldn't possibly ever sack it because we would have to describe every little detail yeah. of the fake. And it's a comedy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I highly recommend if you like this kind of thing, I highly recommend you watch documentary. Now it is really interesting how the great lengths that people went to, to put documentaries in, in fake documentaries in the style of, of other things of course that like means bill, kind of have to have seen the other things to, to so, get it but. it's like bill Hader, fred armison a bunch of snl people mm-hmm. all yeah. that right okay yeah. and so like that like every fake documentary is about 15 minutes long and it's in the style of other things and presumably you've seen them it's really oh funny. right the one of uh the bill Hader one where they're in a, a it's the two women that we, live in the weird house with the it's all overgrown with weeds i can't remember the name of the original documentary but it's famous kind of great gardens or something that's great it gardens. something yeah, of gray 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 yeah. garden yeah grannies garden. yeah whatever it is uh, <laughs> there's one we've that, given you the answer accept it i'm accepting one it. that parodies uh nanook there's one that parodies hero dreams of sushi it's really fun. All right, I'm in. Uh, need to. I, it's five seasons. I just. I don't know why I haven't watched that. I meant to. Yeah. There, I love there's those one too. So there's yeah. one that parodies Wild Wild Country, and the the name of the episode in documentary now is Batshit Valley. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. That documentary is crazy. I, I. All right, I'll catch up. This is like five years old now. Jeez, Louise. All right, I'm in. Uh. Quick uh, thing here from William Christ- William Christopher Bryant Esquire, he says in his name. Oh, wow. Jeez. Greetings, Scott, Brian, Brian, and Brian. <laughs> He's given us three Brian's. Uh, he said, uh, I have to, I've just finished Film Sack 470, the one about Hancock. 
You guys ah. scared me with Twister at 469. I thought you guys were wrapping up the podcast. Anyway, this brings me to the end of my film sack listening. I see only one course of action. Listening to all the episodes again. Jump into the Wayback Machine do it. of 2009 and start with Kroll on 10-30-2009. Despite the 2,400 plus other podcasts on my library, you guys are always <laughs> worth a second, third, and most likely fourth listen. Long live film sack. Thank you, William. That's the nicest email wow. we've ever yes. gotten. That's so nice, man. Seriously. En- enjoy those uh, first few episodes where uh, Scott calls me Bibby to avoid confusion with oh, two yeah. Bryans. Oh, Lord. I mean, that was a, <laughs> it was a decision we all made together, and we all it was. We yeah, thought it was exactly. the right idea, but it turned out weird. It was totally unnecessary. <laughs> I have a request for the universe, and it would be awesome if this could somehow happen just because I requested it. Um the earlier this week, someone posted in the Tadpool Facebook group that they were just watching Tremors for the first yeah. time, and they were clearly not a film sack listener. Yeah. And I, I got to thinking, how cool would it be if I could just throw them a link to the Tremors episode of Film Sack? Listen to this after you watch that. Yeah. And I and it was hard. And so I just want to put out there, like, I wish someone would just host uh, or link to the every single episode of Film Sack in a place where it's easy to search. I just wish so much that i could that i could have that and the, pr- the problem is that it's so long there's so much of it right yeah like mm-hmm. like we, the feed is has already been subdivided mm. and the old the old episodes feed is not terribly useful right right, right. I, I regularly open up this 100 megabyte text file and search it by hand you know it's just like i wish that, i wish someone would just make a old episodes of film sack website maybe maybe well i mean we have film stats.com but it's not the same i I know what you're saying Mm -hmm. but uh, all of it is available via so some people are going to be listening to this going oh wait a minute might only go about 200 episodes back don't worry the entirety of the back catalog is available via a backup uh rss feed that's just huge and would murder my server fees every month if i included it uh in the main feed but if you want all those old episodes all the way back to crawl it's not a problem. It's on the site, filmsack.com, so go yeah. get it. Well, the problem is they were stored in a little flash drive that got jammed into a <laughs> piece of salmon sushi. <laughs> like you do. Um, the, 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 you know the great thing about that magical thumb drive was that it um, gave you all these custom cool messages in red text and things. Like, come on. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> right, yes. Why was it copying over? It was a if hard do we know. Uh... <laughs> yeah, that sucked. I hate yeah. stuff like that with computers and, and movies. One tiny final mention from Dominic who wrote in and said, this is very short. He says, The Patriot for July 4th. Ah. It's still streaming, and I think Mel Gibson stabs a dude with an American flag. Come on now, says Dominic. Come on. Look, we missed it. Obviously, this is the week we would have, should have done it if we were going to do that around the 4th because the Patriot is sort of all about uh, uh, Independence Day and all that. However, it'll keep. It's, It's like meat. It's like meat that's been salted. It'll it'll keep. It's like meat. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody knows meat has a history of storing well yep. for long periods he of does, time. He does he my memory is he does kill somebody with an American flag. Also that movie features people's legs getting blown off with uh, cannonballs, so that's pretty cool. Yes. Yeah. It's a dumb it's a dumb dialogue movie but a great action movie. So I'd be all in on uh, watching yep. the Patriot. So. It, it, and it fits in our hot action movie summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. We could do it next week. What are we doing next week? What's our movie? We're going to watch and, and talk about Terminator 3, oh. Rise of the Machine. Oh. All right, I'm in. Oh. I'm in. Yeah. yeah, I want that. I want that. I want that too. I, uh, uh, 
the guy uh, the guy that plays Edward Furlong in that one, or not Edward Furlong, <laughs> yeah, the one that plays what's his name? I think his name John Connor. John Connor is uh, the one is the same dude that plays the dirty yellow bastard in the uh, uh, the those how. What's Nick Stahl? Sin City? Yeah, Sin Nick City? Stahl. Yeah. Sin City. There you go. Yeah, and really? uh, he's he's uh, he's part of that curse. Everyone always said there was a John Connor curse. If you played John Connor, you'd get into drugs real hard. And both him and uh, and the other kid got into drugs real bad. Wow. Yeah. Right. And and from the first movie, John Connor was a baby. Right. Uh, John Connor was in the womb, and the actor that played the fetus uh, ended up getting addicted. Yeah, to no, him. he and he grew up to be Jeffrey Dahmer. That's a bad story there. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, the seed of Sean Bear, the sheen, not Sean Bean, the other Bean, Michael Bean. The seed of Michael Bean is always going to grow up to be a rat hole because uh, he was the yes. dad of John Connor. Anyway, I remember very in life. <laughs> I remember very specifically that Terminator Three came out on July second. I remember it. Like it was 2003 and it came out on July 2nd, which was weird or unusual is what I'm going to say. Yeah. Hmm. And uh, so I'm very, very excited that we're putting it in our hot action movie summer. I'm excited too. This is Arnold when he just started to look a little weird, not quite Arnie like. So I'm very excited. So anyway, that'll be next week right here on FilmSack. FilmSack.com is our website. Go there. That's a place. And it has that link to the RSS feed I told you guys about. You can get that anywhere you get your podcast. You can leave us voicemails at 801-471-0462, emails at filmsack at gmail.com or on the website. And you can find us on Twitter at filmsack. That'll do it for us, for me, for Brian, for Brian, and for Randy. Take this bullet out of my meat. We'll see you next time. Whoops. See you next time. <laughs> Shit. <laughs>